Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato and this is Race Day at the 2023 Australian Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts and on today's episode Max Verstappen eventually wins the Australian Grand Prix after three red flags and some very clumsy driving blows out the race time by more than an hour. Mercedes is back on the podium for the first time this year with Lewis Hamilton in second ahead of Aston Martin's Fernando Alonso and the stewards are kept busy for five hours after the race debating the chaotic final few laps and the prospect of a race ban for Pierre Gasly. For a rundown of what turned into a thoroughly wacky Australian Grand Prix by the end, it's over to your host, Luke Smith. Good evening from Melbourne, and I can just about say it is still evening. It is three minutes to midnight as I'm starting to record this. The Australian Grand Prix threw up probably one of the most chaotic and bizarre races in recent Formula One history. A long night waiting for the stewards' decisions to come in, a few final uh, race result protests and stuff going on. But at last, we know the full results of the Australian Grand Prix. Max Verstappen has scored his second win of the season. Now, if you didn't brave the early hours of the morning, be it in the UK or the US, woke up when you wanted, thought, oh, I'll check out the F1 result and saw that Max Verstappen had won yet another race, you'd be forgiven for thinking, so what, another win for Red Bull. But that doesn't tell the full story of just how chaotic the Australian Grand Prix was. We had three red flags, three standing starts, and a whole lot of action, a whole lot of talking points that we're going to get into in the final episode this weekend of Pit Pass F1. Of Red Bull's three wins so far this season, this one probably was one of the most difficult for them to actually get across the line, even though Verstappen was clearly in a league of his own once he hit the front of the field and was in clean air. The start of the race, though, really didn't go to plan for Verstappen. He made a messy getaway off the line, and that allowed both Mercedes cars, George Russell and Lewis Hamilton, to get past him on the opening lap. Russell was able to sling it up the inside at turn one, Verstappen was wise enough to back out and not risk getting too caught up going side by side through the right left complex at turns one and turn two. But that did compromise Verstappen on the run down to turn three, allowing Hamilton, his old title rival from 2021, to dive up the inside and grab second place. Verstappen wasn't too pleased on the radio, saying that Hamilton had forced him off the track, and Christian Horner, Red Bull's team boss, later said Hamilton was like a missile. But as we've seen so many times the other way around with Verstappen overtaking Hamilton, those kind of moves are hard but fair. In the end, it was Hamilton who was up to second, and it was a Mercedes 1-2, putting them in a pretty good position in the early part of the race. For George Russell, the race leader, things looked even better when the safety car was deployed following Alex Albon's crash at turns six and seven. Mercedes was quick to react to the safety car, calling Russell in from the lead and putting him onto a set of hard tires. Now on the hards, he would have been able to go right the way through to the end of the race. For Hamilton and Verstappen, although they gained track position, their strategy was compromised compared to Russell. Russell, after the race, said that he thought Mercedes could have actually won it from that point. He said they were in a really good spot with Hamilton ahead of Verstappen and with him on such a different strategy. And he was really surprised that neither Hamilton nor Verstappen also came into the pits under the early safety car. But things soon turned around for Russell. The safety car was upgraded to a red flag as there was gravel strewn across the track and some debris to clear up. This is red flag one for those of you keeping count. And that meant all of the cars returned to the pit lane and had a free choice of tyre. 
it meant Russell's pit stop had really been a waste of time, dropping him all the way back to 7th place. And that red flag really did kill the fight at the front. Because everyone could come into the pits and make the switch to the hard tyre, and with a little bit of management make it to the end of the race, it didn't really open up many strategic options for the drivers, and we actually ended up getting something of a procession for a little bit. Which I know sounds crazy given how that race ended and all of the late drama, but for a while it was very much a slow burner, and the emphasis being on the slow there. Verstappen was able to get ahead of Hamilton after the second standing start of the day, although he didn't get the jump on the line and just about held on to second place ahead of Fernando Alonso. The straight line speed advantage of the Red Bull soon shone through. He got into Hamilton's slipstream, opened DRS on the run down to turn 9 and was miles clear before they even got to the braking zone. A really easy overtake to take the lead and he wouldn't let it go to the end of the race. It left Hamilton to try and focus on Fernando Alonso who was chasing behind him, while Carlos Sainz was also trying to get into the mix for Ferrari. He was the sole Ferrari man left in the race after teammate Charles Leclerc went out on the opening lap of the race, beached in the gravel at turn 3 following a clash with Lance Stroll. The incident was investigated by the stewards at the time, but they quickly deemed it to be a racing incident. To quote Charles Leclerc from all those years ago, it was just an incident. And Leclerc himself agreed with that. He said he wouldn't look to pin any blame on Lance at all. He fully understood what had happened. He tried to hang it around the outside. Lance had been on the inside and it was just one of those racing incidents. And for a while, the top five was very stable. Verstappen, Hamilton, Alonso, Sainz and Pierre Gasly doing really well for Alpine up in the top five, all staying in contention, running in the top five pretty solidly. And that's how it looked like the race was going to end. As we got into the final five laps, Verstappen was around eight seconds clear of Hamilton. Although he had a brief off-track moment with around 15 laps to go, running wide at the penultimate corner, losing about four seconds and joking afterwards he was simply cutting the grass and saving the Albert Park groundskeepers a little bit of work for their uh, next trim. It was really a perfect display from Verstappen. He was in a league of his own at the front, never really in any danger of being caught by Hamilton particularly as the Mercedes man had to focus on Alonso behind him. But then the race turned on its head. Kevin Magnussen coming out of turn two clipped his right rear wheel against the wall on the outside of the corner. Magnussen said afterwards he was actually quite surprised by the incident and just what a big impact it had. It cracked the wheel rim, it left debris all across the track, it also left Magnussen's tyre lying on the racing line as well and it meant that a safety car was quickly called and eventually turned into the second red flag of the day. Now if you're Max Verstappen that is obviously very bad news, it meant that his lead was wiped away and it also set up the final standing restart, although we'd also get a final rolling restart a little later on but we'll get to that. Verstappen had struggled on the first two starts, but the third one, he was absolutely perfect. He eased away from Hamilton Alonso behind, everyone on soft tyres for what was going to be a two-lap sprint to the finish. Well, that was until all hell broke loose at Turn 1. It was like one of those Renaissance paintings where wherever you look, there's a different angle, a different character, a different car going off here or there. But the long and short of it is that it really shook up the order. Carlos Sainz biffed into the back of Fernando Alonso, sending the Aston Martin into a spin. The other Aston Martin of Lance Stroll, he went off at turn three, just about keeping his car going through the gravel. Behind them, there was a really big crash between the two Alpine cars, Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon. 
Gasly ran wide at turn one, and as he came across the track at turn two, drifted to the right-hand side, he squeezed Ocon towards the wall, leaving both Alpines out of the race. The stewards would look at it, and they talked to the team. In the end, it was deemed to be a racing incident where neither driver was fully to blame. Both drivers went afterwards to each other and accepted the blame. They clearly both thought that they were at least partly in the wrong, and it does crucially mean that Pierre Gasly avoids any penalty points. Remember, he's on 10 points at the moment. Another two would take him up to 12 for the 12-month period and land him at a race ban. For now, though, he's okay, and he will be racing in Baku. Further behind them, we saw Logan Sargent running into the rear of Nick DeVries, and all of this chaos meant there had to be a third red flag so the debris could be cleared up and we could get to the chequered flag without any more drama. At least that was the hope. But then there was confusion over what order the car should have been in. Because through all of that chaos, we'd seen the order really get shaken up. Verstappen still led from Hamilton, but Carlos Sainz was up in third, and you had Yuki Tsunoda and Nico Hülkenberg also in the top five. But the stewards looked at the rulebook, and using the precedent set from Silverstone last year, if you remember the red flag for Joe Guan Yu's accident on the opening lap, and the order was set back to the last point that race control could define a fixed order. And that was the starting grid. So essentially, taking away the cars that were out of the race, the order went back to how it was on that second restart. By now though, we were on to lap 58 of 58, which meant that there wasn't going to be another standing restart, there wasn't going to be any more racing, and all it took was for the safety car to lead the field round, and for Max Verstappen to trundle across the line and score his 37th win in maybe quite underwhelming fashion, but very well earned, Red Bull again, dominant team to beat. There was a little bit of post-race excitement on social media that Verstappen might have been just outside of his grid slot, but the images did show that his wheels were within the lines and therefore there was no breach and his win was in the bag. Hamilton took second place for Mercedes, a really good result for the team, particularly given its early season struggles, while Fernando Alonso, for the third race in a row, finished P3. 3 plus 3, 33. Mission 33, Como 33, whatever you want to call it with Fernando Alonso. You've got to say all of the signs are pointing to maybe that 33rd win coming at some point soon, if you believe in such things. Carlos Sainz was actually one of the biggest losers at the very end of the race. The collision with Fernando Alonso, the stewards were really quick to deem that it was fully Sainz's fault and hand him a five second time penalty. Now, as everyone had been bunched up behind the safety car on that final lap, Sainz dropped all the way from fourth back down to 12th place. He was fuming over the radio, said it was the harshest penalty he'd ever seen and wanted to go straight to the stewards after the race. However, they had very little sympathy for him and said that he was fully to blame for the collision, meaning Ferrari left Melbourne with zero points, a really, really big setback for the team. There was more post-race excitement with the stewards as well when Haas lodged a protest against the race result. Now, they did this on the grounds that the safety car two line at pit exit, they said could be used as a way to set the order of the cars after the starting grid. It was a bit of a long shot from Haas, given that the data at that point isn't entirely accurate, something that was argued back by the FIA. It said that the only real definitive order that could reliably be taken was the starting grid as it had been. It meant that Nico Hülkenberg, who Haas said was further up the order had you gone from that safety car two line, had to settle for dropping all the way back to seventh place. Lance Stroll finished a brilliant fourth for Aston Martin, meaning the team has now eclipsed its points total from last year after just three races. It's a really, really incredible achievement and shows just how much that team has progressed. 
Sergio Perez, he fought his way back from a pit lane start to finish the race in fifth place, obviously losing a bit of ground on Max Verstappen at the top of the standings, but all things considered and given how hard it is to overtake around this track, it's a pretty good result. McLaren picked up its first points finish of the season as Lando Norris took sixth with Oscar Piastri in eighth place. Again, not the way they would have expected to do it, but there were some good signs for McLaren through the race. Norris got his elbows out particularly sharply as he was fighting against Hulkenberg, and it did show that even without the vast array of incidents through today's race, Norris probably would have come away with a point or two to his name. And for Oscar Piastri, his first F1 points coming at his home Grand Prix, a really fitting way to mark being so close to home this weekend. Joe Guan Yu finished 9th for Alfa Romeo, again benefiting from the late drama, while Yuki Tsunoda rounded out the points in P10. He was set for his 4th consecutive 11th place finish, which would have been pretty harsh, but Sciences penalty bumped him up into the points and gave Alfa Tauri a point to celebrate in Melbourne. And just for a final bit of odd drama that came on Sunday night in Melbourne, the Australian Grand Prix Corporation, of all people, was called before the stewards after the race. Now this was because of a track invasion. It happens at every single circuit we go to pretty much in F1, get the fans onto the track to celebrate at the end of the race. However, it appeared that some of the fans were allowed onto the track at points when the race was actually still going in the very closing stages as they went round behind the safety car. The FIA stewards called on the AGPC to complete a full review into what happened. Although it's a bit of a slap on the wrist, it does definitely raise some questions about the track invasion and how that happens after a race. As you'll remember last year as well, Alex Albon nearly caught out some uh, guests who were crossing the pit lane when he came in for his last lap pit stop. Things like that, I think it just shows that the AGPC, it's an area to work on, it's something they're gonna look at and something for them to review, I think, for the future. Anyway, that is it from Melbourne. Uh, it's been a real pleasure to host Pit Pass F1 throughout this Grand Prix weekend. I look forward to doing it again in a few races time. Next up for F1 is the Azerbaijan Grand Prix at the Baku City Circuit. A four week gap now, it's a long time to wait, but man, what a weekend, what a lot to process. I think we could all do with a little break to calm down. Before you know it, we'll be back racing in Baku. We'll see you then. Thanks very much to Luke, who was in the Melbourne paddock all weekend and for many hours later than he probably expected on Sunday night waiting for those decisions to come in. Make sure you don't miss an episode from the next race in Azerbaijan by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts and you can visit us at evergreenpodcast.com. And if you want more updates between now and then, you can follow Luke on social media. Check the link in the show description. My name's Michael Amanato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.